morning again, community. How y'all doing this morning? Good, good, good. Pray as we look to God's word. Father, we love you. Pray now that your word would search our hearts. Lord, that you would say what you want to say. Transform us from the inside out. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So last Sunday, uh, we talked about this scarcity cycle. Uh, and the scarcity cycle, we said, was where God provides and then we consume everything that God provides. And because we consume everything that God provides, we end up lacking what we need. In other words, by the end of the month, uh, we have more month than money. Or, you know, things happen. The car breaks. The washer breaks. The dryer breaks. The dog bites the cat. Things happen and we end up being in need and because we have consumed everything that God has provided, uh, when we are in need, we lack what we need and so that creates fear and this fear is that we don't have what we need or that God has not provided enough and it starts this vicious cycle where once again, God provides, and then we consume everything that God provides. And because we consume everything that God provides, we end up lacking what we need. And so we live with this fear that we don't have everything that we want, need. And so how, how does that play out, Pastor? Well, the way that it plays out is we end up cutting the two most important people out of what God provides. We end up cutting God out of what he provides, and we end up cutting ourselves out of what God provides. We cut God out, and the reason why we cut God out is because we say we don't have enough uh, to provide what we need, and because we don't have enough to provide what we need, we don't have enough to give God what's his, that God hadn't given us enough. And that's the feeling it creates. But the truth is, it's not that God hadn't given us enough. It's that we've consumed everything that God gave us. Well, Pastor, how do I break that cycle? Well, it starts with faith. In other words, you have to believe that God is the one who provided it, number one. And you also have to believe that if God provided that, then he'll provide everything that you want. And so I have to have enough faith to give God what's his, and I have to trust him. Now, here's the thing you have to know about breaking the scarcity cycle and trusting God. When God is the guide, he'll always provide. I'm going to say that again. When God is the what? He'll always what? And just in case you think I just made that up to be fancy, turn to Isaiah 58, 11. Because when you trust God, when you allow him to lead you, when you allow him to give you to direction, he always provides what you need. Notice what he says. It says, the Lord will what? Guide you how often? 
the Lord will guide you how often? Always. Always. Watch what it says. He will satisfy your what? He'll satisfy your needs. In a, and this is what I love about it. Not only does it satisfy your needs, but he satisfies your needs in a sun-scorched land. What does he mean, Pastor, when he says in a sun-scorched land, when everything around you is barren? He'll satisfy your needs when the prices of eggs are through the roof. Come on, somebody. He'll satisfy your needs. When gas prices are going crazy, when in, in, in a, in a, in a sun-scorched land, when there's poverty and famine in the land, when, when you're being led and by, guided by God, he provides your need. Listen, when you're walking in God's purpose for your life, when you're in sync with what he wants for you, he says, my provision will satisfy your needs. But I want you to notice the requirement for your needs being satisfied Go back, is that you allow God to be your guide. The, the provision only comes when we allow God to guide us. Watch this. That's why I wanted us to pray and ask God what he wanted us to do for this harvest offering. Why? Because wherever God guides, he provides. See, a lot of times we want God to finance our agenda. We, we want God to pay the bill for a shot that he didn't call. It's like we have teenage expect, expectations on God. Come on. What, what, what do you mean, Pastor? Well, what, what do teenagers expect? They expect what? They, they, teenagers expect you to finance their agenda. They expect you to do what they want you to what? When they want you to, like they want you to what? And they expect you to pay for it. And like it, thank you. Come on, treat them like they want to be treated. Do everything for them. And while you're at it, don't ask them for nothing. Or you're going to get attitude. Come on, somebody. Amen. While you're paying for everything. Don't we treat God like we're his teenage children? And you wondering where your kids get it from. <laughs> you treat your daddy the same way. Lord, do what I want you to do and do it right now. Finance my agenda. Do everything I want you to do like I want you to do it. And don't ask me for nothing, because if you do, I'm going to have an attitude. God says, my provision is reserved for the people who are on my agenda. It's reserved for the people who follow me, who are committed to me, who are committed to trusting me. Get this, not just as Savior, but as Savior and Lord. See, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me let you in on something. You know the problem? The problem, Ms. Melinda, is that so many of us, we accepted Jesus Christ as Savior, but we don't want anything to do with him as Lord. Save me from eternal damnation, but don't ask me for anything while I'm on the way to heaven. 
And the last time I checked, Romans 10 and 9 said, the way to be saved is if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is not Savior. Lord. Well, pastor, what's the difference between him being Savior and him being Lord? If he's Savior, he saves me from my sins and from eternal damnation. When he's Lord, he becomes the ruler of my life. In other words, I place myself in subjection to him. And now my life is not my own. It's his and everything that I have is his. And he gets to lead me and guide me. And I submit to him and do whatever he wants me to do. For too many of us, he's savior, but he's not Lord. That's why he gets to bring us to heaven, but he doesn't get to tell us anything while we're on our way. I knew y'all were going to be quiet today. It's right here in my notes. They will not be saying a whole lot today. A lot of times in the area of giving, instead of allowing God to lead us, we allow what we lack to lead us or what we feel like we lack. Pastor, how do I know if I allow what I lack to lead me when I become consumed with what I lack as opposed to consumed with what God says? When I look at my life through the lens of what I don't have. Watch this. You ready? Buckle up. When I become willing to do things that go against what God says in order to take care of what I feel like I need. (laughs) Say that again. It's when I get to the place where I'm willing to go against what God says in order to take care of what I believe I need. I'm allowing my lack to lead me as opposed to God. And let's just be honest. I said what I believe or what I feel like I need. And the reason why I said what I believe or feel like I need, because if we get real honest, most of the time it's not a matter of what we need. We make God play second fiddle to what we want. I can't afford to give God what's his, but the cable is still on. I can't afford to give God what he told me to give me, but I'm I'm at them shopping centers. Look how y'all looking at me. I ain't scared of (laughs) y'all. Not one single one of you. I'm going to preach this Bible. Listen, I'm your pastor. Sometimes you're going to amen what I say. Sometimes you ain't going to like what I say. I'm fine either way, as long as you don't leave here the same way you came. Sometimes you're going to leave saying, oh, that was good. And sometimes you're going to leave saying, ouch, that hurt. Today is an ouch Sunday. But at least it's pretty outside. (laughs) Problem with it is when I look at my life through the lens of what I don't have, you know the conclusion I arrive at? That God is not faithful. And then understand this. Sometimes God provides for our needs and we take the provision and use it for our wants. We we make decisions without consulting God and then we want to make God responsible for the decisions we make. God says, "You, you can't use me for what you want. You can't do what you want with what I give you and then reserve me for what you need and when you need to be bailed out. 
Somebody said, you can't shack up with the devil and expect God to pay the bill. I, I told you last week, for some of us, we, we've been called to take another step of faith as it relates to our giving. God's clearly said to us at some point or another that he wants us to do more, that he wants us to invest more in his kingdom. Watch this. And we're allowing the fear of what we might not one day have to lead us as opposed to God. That's why when I said I want you to pray about what God wants you to give in the harvest, some of us looked at me like, I ain't doing that, Pastor. Why? Because I'm afraid of what God might tell me to do. That's why some of us didn't pray about it last year and we hadn't prayed about it this year. If I say let's give to the harvest, oh, no problem. We'll give to the harvest. If I say, come on, we got, let's, let's fund the vision of the church, no problem. We'll fund the vision of the church. But if I say let's pray about what God wants us to give, you're like, oh, hold up now, Pastor. I don't know why we need to get him involved. Last time I did that, he called me to be sacrificial. Speaking of sacrifice, listen, I can't tell you this enough. I can't stress this to you enough. You need to teach this to your children. Let them see you demonstrate it. Make it a part of your life and theirs. And, and you, over and over and over, you need to practice sacrifice. Why, Pastor? Because the road to greatness in life is paved with sacrifice. Listen to me. In your own life, you need to practice sacrifice. If you want anything to be great in your life, you got to sacrifice for it. If you want anything to be great in the kingdom of God, you got to sacrifice for it. Because here's the deal. Your sacrifice today is going to determine what tomorrow looks like for you. Listen to me, young people. Hear me. Please hear me. Young people, listen to me. If you're under 25, please listen to your pastor. Your mama lied to you, baby. (laughs) Chances are your daddy did too. Nothing in life is free. Everybody don't get a trophy. I'll never forget... Y'all know Emory. Emory got prosthetics. And Emory came to me when he was about sixth or seventh grade. We were sitting around having one of our father-son talks. And uh, he came to me. I said, bro, what you want to be when you graduate, when you get out of school? When you, you know, what you want to be when you grow up? And uh, he said, Dad, I want to be the first person to ever play in the NFL, to ever pre- play in the NFL with prosthetics on both legs. I said, son, that'll never happen. Told him just like that. He looked at me, and Joyce was riding in the car. She kind of looked at me out the side of her eye like, how could you? (laughs) Then I told him why. I said, because it has nothing to do with the fact that you have prosthetics. I said, you don't work hard enough. And nothing's going to come to you unless you work at it. And you like football enough to play it, but you don't like it enough to work at it. So not only are you not going to the NFL, I'd be surprised if you make it through high school playing football, son. Look how y'all looking at me. I don't care. 
You soft pedal with your kids. I teach my kids to sacrifice. I teach my kids you don't get nothing unless you work for it. I teach my kids the world doesn't owe you anything. But pastor, he has prosthetics. I don't care. He got to work for a living. And the world ain't going to give him nothing. I tell him like my daddy told me, son, your mama love you. The world don't. And the only thing you get in this world is what you work for, what you sacrifice for. And hear me, young people, the delayed sacrifices of today only create a greater necessity of sacrifice tomorrow. Nobody, nobody, nobody gets around sacrifice. Everybody has to sacrifice. You either sacrifice now by choice or you sacrifice later by force and then it costs you more. Am I telling the truth up in here? Shucks. I'm paying right now for sacrifices I didn't make years ago. And I know I got some other folks in here who are doing the same thing. You, 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 you can put it off if you want to. The best thing to do is do it right now. Listen to me, young people. You reap what you sow. And if you don't sow anything, you don't reap anything. The only people who are going to give you anything is your mom and your dad. And trust me when I say they are already sick and tired of it. Can I get an amen up in here? We're ruining our country by teaching our children to expect something for nothing. It's a lie from the pit of hell. So here's a question for your life. What are you sacrificing today so that you can reap a better tomorrow? In your family, what are you sacrificing? What are you sowing? Watch this. In God's kingdom. What are you sowing? What are you sacrificing? What are you sacrificing? <coughs> Listen to me. Anything worth having in life involves some level of sacrifice. Anything, even in the kingdom. Y'all listen. If, if you, you want to see community church walk into what's next, what God has for us, as a church, guess what we have to do? Why y'all quiet? As a church, guess what we have to do? No, I want everybody to say it so I can know you heard it and you got it. As a church, what do we have to do? There's my church. That's a sacrifice. And no, I'm not talking to them. I'm not talking to all of us. We all have to work. First Chronicles 29, King David had been preparing everything they needed for the building of the temple that they had promised to build for the Lord. He was preparing the people to accept, prepare, and to do the task of building the temple of God. In the middle of it, his son Solomon assumed the throne of Israel. And in this passage, David is encouraging the people to give sacrificially until the temple of God was completed. 
people responded to his request and they gave for the building of the temple. Not only did they give, they gave sacrificially and willingly. Watch what it says. It says, then King David said to the whole assembly, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. Watch what he says. The task is what? Because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord who? Pastor, what is harvest about? It's what we do for the Lord in order to advance his agenda, his vision, his kingdom at Community Church. That's why I asked you to pray about it. David didn't want these people to give sacrificially in obedience to his word as their king. He wanted them to do it with the purpose of bringing honor and pleasure to God. In the same way, I, I want you to give so that you bring honor to the Lord. Because why? I can thank you for your generosity. I can't bless you for your obedience. Verse 2, David says, I prepared with all my might for the house of my God. Watch what he says. The key phrase there is with all my might. He says, I prepared with all my might. What was David saying? He was saying, I didn't just give to the temple. I gave sacrificially. Listen to me. Everybody look up here. Giving done right is not about the size of the gift. It's about the sacrifice behind it. In giving, the question is not how much. The question is always, is it my best? Listen, God has given us his best. And the way that we should respond to his generosity is with our best. We should sacrifice when it comes to his stuff. The order they gave in. Watch what happens. David says, with all my resources, I provided for the temple of my God. Gold for the gold work, silver for the silver, bronze for the bronze, iron for the iron, and wood for the wood, as well as onyx for the settings, turquoise, stones of various colors, and all kinds of fine stones and marble, all of these in large quantities. Besides, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasures of gold and silver for the temple of my God over and above. There it is. Over and what? I'm asking you to do this harvest offering to make this sacrifice over and what? What you already give. Everything I've provided for this holy temple. 3,000 talents of gold and 7,000 talents of refined silver for the old overlaying of the walls of the building for the gold work and the silver work, and for all the work to be done by craftsmen. And then he asks Israel, now who is willing to consecrate themselves to the Lord today? And then this is what happens. Then the leaders of the families, the officers of the tribes of Israel, commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds, and officials in charge of the king's work gave what? So what's happening here, pastor? David gave. And then the leaders of Israel gave. And then watch what happened. And then anyone who had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the temple of the Lord in the custody of Jehiel the Gershonite. David gave, the leaders gave, and then the people gave. We're going to make our harvest commitments the same way. I need a card. I'm going to do my commitment. And then I'm going to ask the elders, deacons, the leaders of ministry. I need a pen. Thank you. 
to do their commitments. And then I'm going to ask everyone else to follow. First, let's pray. Father, as we are obedient to you, we pray that you would meet every need of this church. And not just meet every need. We pray that you would provide for where we believe you, you want us to go. Lord, and I pray that as we are obedient to you, as we allow you to guide us, Lord, that we would see in ways that we can't deny Lord, your hand provide for us and give us everything that we need. Show us what you want us to do. And today we say yes to you. We're your people. Everything we have is yours. And we make these commitments to you today knowing that you're going to bless them. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. You can grab your cards and begin to fill them out. I'm going to fill mine out. You're going to come up here after you fill it out. I need you to fold it up. And I need you to put it in this container. Make sure you fold it. Why am I folding it, Pastor? Because the only people who are going to see what you gave is our, myself and our finance person, our bookkeeper, for the purpose of your records of giving and letting you know where you are in your harvest commitment. As the praise team sings, I would ask that the elders, deacons, and ministry leaders come up and then everybody else.